Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Hey there, I'm Victoria Shade, and I'm the host of PetMD's Life with Pets. Now, this is a fun, all about dogs and cats kind of show where I get to interview subject matter experts, answer some listener questions, and help you become a better pet parent along the way. Now, we've had some really amazing guests on the show, including my two cents host, Bill Engvall, who told me all about his amazing dog, Jake, and Adam Carolla, who gave me a crash course in all things Phil. You can listen to PetMD's Life with Pets exclusively on Podcast One, the new Podcast One app or Apple Podcasts. And guys, it would be a huge help if you could rate and review the show so other people can join the pack. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Starving for Attention. I am Richard Blaze. I am uh, right next to Jasmine Blaze and... Yeah, you're here. Heather's on the other side of the glass. I love saying that. Uh, and uh, this is a cool episode. This is my uh, my bro. This yeah. is this is my boy, Fabio like, Viviani. Uh, what do they say? The brother from another mother. Brother from another mother, Fabio Viviani, someone who was my roommate for uh, a number of months when we filmed Top Chef All-Stars. Bunkmate even, right? Bunkmate. Yeah, yeah we, we did. I mean, yeah, bunkmate. I was going to say that doesn't mean we shared the same bed, right? No, no, no. No, not a bunkmate, actually. He had a, just one low boy, and I was the top of a bunk on the other uh, side. Okay. But it was cool because... Um, Everyone else that was in our sort of suite got eliminated early. Right. So basically, I had Fabio as like a sole roommate in a nice, really a nice room for like six weeks at a time. How nice! Yeah, it was really, really nice. He would spray cologne on the pillows. There's many people that would like to be in your role. So there. many people are jealous of the fact <laughs> He's a that fan I got favorite, to. Isn't he fan favorite? Well, I mean, yeah. Maybe not officially in title. I think he did win a fan I, favorite. I'm though. sure he he in his has, season, I think. and it, yeah. he has in life. He's a fan yes, favorite in absolutely. life. Absolutely. And we ran into him at Newport Beach uh, Wine and Food Festival That's a couple right. of weeks ago. That's right. And even just in conversation without a mic on, he was just absolutely oh, uh, thrilling. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah. He was exhausted. He was in his his, his cool uh, Italian shoes. Yes. Waxing on life. If you follow Fabio on social media, he basically just yells at people that they don't work hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of amazing. He's an inspirational he's become, uh, speaker. Right? He's an inspirational speaker. He's he's an entrepreneur. He's got all sorts of fun things. As a matter of fact, I'm glad you mentioned that because this episode gets a little bit – it's business-focused. It's probably mm. the first Starving for Attention episode um, that really dives into um, business. So it'll be part one of Fabio Viviani. So if you really just wanted to hear him you know, say different words Talk with a cool Italian Mercedes accent. Mercedes-Benz yeah. and uh, – and talk yeah, about burgers and, and pizza and stuff like that. And, yeah. <laughs> it gets a little bit of business. And that's my fault. I really wanted to sort of dive into his entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, so that's coming up. But also what's coming up is this week we're going to drop a special episode. Special Jasmine. Up. Special up week. Yeah. So that's what exciting. I've done is I've been on the road for a couple of days. And for those of you who don't know, I basically spend, I don't know, 100 days it a was, year. It was two weeks straight. Two weeks. That's you as my wife speaking, not days. as my business partner. So it was, it was like it was thirteen. Long, long it was like stretch. thirteen days. I'll give you the two weeks. All right, there we go. Uh, Twelve or thirteen days, <laughs> and uh, you know we spend a hundred days a year, you know, performing live, whether they're keynote talks or sort of ideation sessions or just cooking demonstrations. Which you know I don't like the word cooking demonstration. Right. I like calling them live shows. Yes. Uh, but this week on Friday, I think we're going to drop a special little episode of one of the shows I just did in uh, Chicago. And uh, what I really want to know is if you guys like that sort of change up. A couple weeks ago, we did the review right, of Top yeah. Chef Junior. So that really has spawned a sort of uh, a, a, a spoke of starving yeah. for attention that's going to be Blaze Family Reviews. A little pace change. I like it. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to throw some extra content out this Friday. It's going to be a live show, I believe, from Chicago. I'd love to hear uh, what everyone thinks about that. So find us on Starving for Pod. Find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. You can also find us, of course, at the Podcast One app. And you can uh, join the community there and leave some comments for us. Uh, and also, while we're on the topic, can you just go over to the Podcast One app or over to Apple uh, iTunes and hit subscribe for Starving for Attention? I don't know. There's tens of thousands of people listening, which is great. Yeah. But we want to make it uh, a bigger thing for sure. Uh, so it doesn't it doesn't hurt. Grab someone else's phone. Have them click subscribe. Yeah, meet a new person. Meet a new person. Uh, every click uh, makes a difference. Uh, without further ado, Jasmine, are you ready? I'm ready. Fabio Viviani. 
want some wine? Brother, I'm fine on the wine. Fine. Yeah, I haven't had a drink since the last since I was your roommate. Good. Probably. <laughs> but then you had a strong one, so <laughs> that was yeah. That was probably the last time that I had yeah, a drink. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, thanks for hanging out with us. I love it, man. Like I, I, I love how we we started our we started the podcast in one of your other restaurants. You have like how many in Chicago do you have? We have currently six in Chicago. Six in Chicago. We went to one. And, and it was busy. You, I didn't and realize it was, busy. it was busy. And then you're like, jump in uh, my Mercedes. <laughs> I we'll didn't go. say that. I said, no, no, you didn't. I, I, I didn't added say that. You added it. Yeah. I did add that. That's true. Uh, but you had told me about the Mercedes a couple weeks ago. You asked what car I was driving, and I told you. It's not that I saw it. I said, hey, Richard, how are you? By the way, I drive a Mercedes. No, no, I know. I think you would never do that. It's a yeah. shitty car. If, if I had a Bugatti, I would be like, oh, you know what, dude? I got a Bugatti. When is the Bugatti coming? It's not coming. It's too expensive. A, I can't what, afford what, it. It's a $3 million car. I saw a Bugatti online that's a $3 million. There is probably some. You can buy one for a million, a million, two, right. but still. I think you're, you're in the range. You're wearing yeah. Yeezys. But, but Just to I paint also a picture, have... you're driving, uh, uh, what is that, the AMG? What is the Mercedes? The, the G63. G- the G63. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're driving, wearing no, You're driving like an Aston Martin, dude. It's I not have, like you're driving I, a no, fucking Tesla. No, that I had for a weekend. I'm driving a Tesla now. All right, good. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably knowing you, it's free because somebody wants it to give it to you. It drives by itself. No, it's not for free, unfortunately. I haven't got to that point yet. But you're wearing Yeezys. You're doing good. Six restaurants. In Chicago, yeah. uh, and then we like you drive. Is this just an Italian thing? The, like you, you're pretty. You drive fast. I, I, I'm an aggressive <laughs> driver. I would definitely I, say I'm an aggressive driver. I am like someone's grandmother, as you probably know. <clears throat> but since I had the kid, I will tell you that my my aggressive driver got tamed a little bit. Right. Well, a lot of things change, right? When, when you, have you have kids, have, yeah, you have it's, kids. it's crazy. Like perspective, even if so, the way how I do business really changes. Right. Like, I mean, well, like there's a car seat in the Mercedes. There like, is a car seat. In the that's something you just have to deal with, right? Like, I have two. In no, the back man, I mean, not car. that I'm throwing parties in the Mercedes anyway. The, right. the car seats kind of bother me. It's either me or me and my wife, or me and my wife and the kid. Unless I shuffling around Richard Blaze, there's really not much going I on hear in the you. car. I think actually, yo, on the way over here, because there's only like five or six blocks, yeah. you inspired a, a new podcast. You, you and I should do a pod yeah. where we just drive around in your car. Or you drive around in my car, and it would that, be like you know comedians in cars. Coffee. Have you seen? I don't Sanko? know how to drive an iPod, so I don't know. Uh, we'll do well with the Tesla. Well, the good thing about the Tesla is it could drive itself, and then we get out. We don't Literally, even have to like, hold, you don't have to look at it. You, I don't even have to hold the wheel. It'll just go where I tell it to go. How this do is, you I'm do Richard Blaze. What do you think? I mean, I'm, I'm, what do you think? Damn, like, Richard. I mean, <laughs> it's the sous vide. I Bobby. still have cars it's, that I have to drive. That yes. bothers me quite a bit, actually. Because <laughs> Richard Blaze have cars that drive Richard Blaze around. Soon, car soon. the car can do it legally. It's not allowed to do that yet, but the, the <clears> okay. car is able to do it. Uh, okay, but you're doing good. You look great as I, always, dude. I'm I'm honestly knocking on wood, which I have it on the floor. Yes, knocking on wood. I am at the best I've ever been physically, mentally, happiness, family, business. Everything is very good. There is up and down, like everybody. Of course, of course. Of course. Normally. But I'm I'm happy. I'm blessed. I'm I'm very blessed. But you're still, um, yeah. You think that a lot of that came from just having a kid. I think that that came from getting my things straight, figured out what my priority is, even in business. You know, I, I used to bounce around and, and, and trying to squeeze every opportunity and, every, and seize every reality that was presented to me. And I learned how to say no. I learned how to prioritize. Um, I would be a lot busier if I was saying yes to everything that comes my way, but right. I just don't do it because I'd rather do five things well than ten half-ass like I used to. Right. So, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because I always the one thing I really wanted to get into with you <clears throat> is like I feel I feel like your name is synonymous with hustle. Like you know, like you knew when when we met each other on Top Chef, like you knew I feel like more than anyone else that it really wasn't about the challenge or the yeah. episode. That the, that the game doesn't even start until after the show airs. The game starts when the game finishes. So where does where, where did you like, where did you get that sort of business instinct from? I think I think I, I grew up in a family of hardworking people, but they were not business smart. Uh, you know, my mom employed, always been employed on her own. She had incredible talent, right? But never made the leap to entrepreneurship. My dad. Um, always brought the bread home in that sense, but never did more than he had to. And I grew up not be able to afford a whole lot of things. You know, honestly, I, I went to work when I was 11 because I needed money to, to help the family because 
there was always too much month left at the end of the paycheck. <laughs> right. <laughs> what, is, what was your 11-year-old job? My 11-year-old job, because I was so young that I couldn't not get hired in a regular daytime <laughs> right, job, right, right. I was driving a Vespa, no joke, for about 20 miles every night at midnight, bake pies in a bakery shop until 7 in the morning, 7 days a week, get my backpack, most of the time completely covered in flour and go to school, go to middle school at that point. It was like 11 year middle school, right? Right. In Italy, it's a little bit different, the age grade that's a little different, but 11 years old, driving a Vespa, which is fine. It's not well, legal, it's but it. nobody cares about it. <laughs> nobody cares there. And and I'm literally baking pies every night and we're making like 1200 bucks a week. It's like, you know, almost five grand a month. Like 29 years ago, I was like, oh my God, I'm not getting arrested making all this money. It's amazing. <laughs> And so, and then, so your parents though they worked hard. And then, yeah, they always worked very hard. They never worked very smart. So there was no like you, you used the word entrepreneur. There was no you didn't no, have like an zero. entrepreneur zero. like uh, uncle or anything like that. Zero. My my mentor was uh, Simone Mugnaini, which is the guy that gave me an under under table kind of black job when I was a kid because he couldn't legally hire me. And then right. when I turned sixteen, he said, "Oh well, guess what? I can give you a paycheck right now. now. Officially, we, you can get now, paid officially for making pies." For, right. <laughs> so I went to work with him in his restaurant, and I worked very hard. I sucked at school. Like if you can picture a kid that sucked at school, double down on that. I was me. So, and then when when I turned eighteen, I was still working very hard. And the guy said, "Do you want to get a little piece of the business? So all you got to do is to work as hard as you do." And I said, great. And then by the age of 27, he decided to sell the business. So I got some money out of it, saved some money, paid back a lot of my family debt, and left for the United States. So you, you made an equity deal when you were just a young, Sweat equity uh, deal. Sweat today. equity deal. Correct. Uh, when you were just yeah. a boy. And that was just a handshake deal. And that was a 100% right. handshake and, deal. And I was actually impressed. And that you the, actually got paid at the end, right? Yeah, because legally, there's legally. no. Well, there was eventually something came later legally with saying, you know, it wasn't on the first two restaurants, but then eventually we got to the point where we had to do things legally because I was also taking care of things from an administrative standpoint. So, but it was a handshake deal, totally. Today, it would have taken literally six month lawyer, 20,000 sure, sure. back and forth, and <laughs> 20 phone calls with assistant and an accountant to be able to do a deal like that. But. And which is fine. So that probably though set it off. The fact that like that's, hey, that's you work and you, you work you lend your you know uh, in this case your your sweat or your name yeah. or whatever it is. Absolutely. And if you go into business with the right people, then yeah. at the end of the day you'll absolutely. You'll get paid. And it's kind of the same things that happen here in Chicago with my current business partner. Right? We know we knew nothing about each other six and a half years ago when we got in business with each other. They hired me for a consulting gig for Siena Tavern Restaurant. Right. And they said, you know, I'll. I'll I work extra hard for it, but I want to be a part of it. Right. We give it a run, and now, and after that, we open another eight, nine restaurants together. So the original deal. So we're sitting here in one of your six restaurants, which in is Chicago. a steakhouse. Yeah. yeah. And uh, again, to set this sort of stage, we, we zipped around uh, uh, Chicago, came came from one of your other restaurants, got here. You're like the king. And by the way, the they're, prince, all, they're maybe, all... Maybe the prince, because I don't want to... That's not a... No, I think I like the king. The king? Okay. King. You, you come I, in like the I, king. And, and the restaurant, they're all literally within in like... 10 block from each other. Right. Yeah. Everyone knows you. You walk up here. And how much time do you spend? Because this is always something that I... live I, in Chicago. Right. I know you live so, in Chicago now. But how much time do you spend in the restaurants? Because even the fact that you live here, you're still traveling. Right. You're still so, and, 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 and same things are you, right? You're, you're in Chicago right now. You're not in your restaurant in San Diego. And if you were gone for a week, you're gone for a week. It is what it is. But you have a good structure in place. You have people you trust. You have reliable uh, chefs. You have reliable GMs. You have people sure. that take care of the operation, but you're not physically in the operation. And that's what I do. You know, I, I live in Chicago in the suburbs. I don't live in downtown. I live about 30 miles north. I, have, I like land and like backyards, and you can't get a backyard downtown. Right. And, but I also have restaurants in you know, upstate New York. Uh, uh, I know you other, have a restaurant upstate, and that's why, because we, we just came back from an event uh, two days Rochester. ago in Syracuse. Right? Yeah, we Syracuse, Syracuse, and I'm 40 And so away. many people at that event uh, were telling me, oh, as Fabio, by the way, I think you're going to do this event next year with yeah. us. Yeah, uh, I believe so. They're going to reach out, or they yeah. have reached out, or something like that. Um, okay, and I'm distracted because it looks like some that's a, that's a a giant uh, slab cut of bacon yeah, and then a mound food. of fried chicken. So anyway, we got some food in front of us because yeah. you can't have my restaurant without eating. But so to to finish the question before is that I spend a good amount of time in my restaurants. 
and uh, I spend probably at least three, four days a week here. Right. And the reality is that I travel also very much, and sometimes I'm not around for two weeks at times. Sure, sure. But we are at a point where our hospitality group got big enough where I can afford to leave for a week or two, and I know that the business is still going to be run smoothly, the dish is going to be great. And Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, my question to you was more like because we're in the same uh, boat. Yeah. Like how do you not, – not how the restaurants do because we know that there's plenty of other talented people that are cooking the food and running the restaurants. Yeah. Um, but how do you deal with um, – like how do, how do you and your partners work through – some of those it's, things. It's clear intent and clear uh, expectation, right? Right. Um, I was never the chef that was sitting in the kitchen cooking the food every day. I mean, I've done it for yeah, every of one course. of my restaurants. Right. But I, we are setting up in a way where, you know, one of my business partners is legal, another one is operational, and I am the guys that takes care of the, you know, the food and the expansion. You know, I bring, you know, airport licensing deal to the table and everybody gets their own piece. So they technically, although they like when I'm here, right, when right. I'm not here, chances are we're expanding. Of course. So they also like that very much. Right. But I also noticed, um, you know, you have a, like, you're a good looking guy. Like, everyone knows your Appreciate name. That. Um, but I, I, your name's like at Siena. I, you know, I just sat at the bar for a second, but I didn't see your name on the menu. I didn't no. see your name on the front door. For example, you know, Siena is my concept. Bar Siena is my concept. Prime Provision is a full classic pre-prohibition American steakhouse. Right. But would I want to put my name on it? I'm not an American kid grew up in America. I know nothing about prohibition or... Yeah, or but I, I want to see you in like um, sort of... You know, 1920s sort of like gangster outfit. Like and, and I want to see your black and white photo but hanging not, on the wall. But I'm there. not, you know. But I'm not the guys cooking a prime every day. I'm not the guys that, you know. I, we approve the menu. We discuss the menu. But look, we have a Mexican concept downtown. Sure. I know nothing about Mexican food. Right. You know, I'm opening a Spanish concept in Detroit. Right. You know, ta- uh, tapas and Mediterranean. Co- I know that because I grew up in the Spanish Mediterranean region. I have a lot to offer. But like you, we're getting to the point where not necessarily every concept that you own is a reflection of your culinary expertise. Of course. Because in my plan for culinary domination in the United States, there is going to be some Japanese sushi restaurant, and I know nothing about it. You know, I know very little about it. I know what there is to know about it as a chef because I know, you know, the difference between a hamachi or whatever. Sure. I'm not a sushi chef. I'm not a Japanese knowledgeable person that can lead a successful Japanese influence restaurant. So um, with I the just, group, you I f- own it. You feel like uh, the growth. Your growth then is with different concepts and different yeah. cuisines all the time. Do you have you have any multiple? You have anything that's got multiple locations? Yes, Osteria is one of the brands that we're branching out a lot. Okay, and is the brand that we are licensing and we're doing some franchise option. But we only find good operator. We're not finding investor in the restaurant business and then management company. The people that we manage, for example, we have a two-year plan rollout. Seven Osteria location in the Oklahoma area, Tulsa, West Arkansas. These people are going to be in the restaurant running their restaurant. These people are restaurateurs right. that they like the concept, and we and we get the upside and we split the upside. So, how do you find? How do you? How do you? A guy who uh, lived in LA for the longest time, you live in Chicago. Just yeah. how do you end up doing a restaurant in Oklahoma? Because I'm Fabio Viviani. You are. And, and, and <laughs> you have a car to drive yourself around. I can go in any states, find the best restaurant group there, introduce myself, pitch them if they want to have a concept, and, and guess what? Most of them, they're interested. Okay, so that's something. Now, is that something that just happens naturally? How's the bacon, you're... by the way? The bacon is insane. So, first of all, I love the plate that it's on. We're gonna have to get a picture. Scarlett, you took a picture, um, but I like that it's braised—a big, fat piece of braised bacon with chocolate and maple syrup. Um, but it, it tastes American, right? It's, I mean, it's bacon. It's sweet and salty and smoky, um, but it's got that sort of Asian pork belly sort of like texture to it. Yep, which works really, really well. I haven't gotten into the fried chicken because I have to talk here. Right, uh, but when you're talking next, I'm gonna probably really take a crunchy. bite of it. Yeah. So, so you're traveling and you're just in Oklahoma and you're like, oh, I kind of like this restaurant I'm in. For let example, me, let me so eat these restaurants. I have, I, what I've done, I have been to several events. You know, we do personal appearances. I work with a lot of um, uh, business association. I go there. Before I go there, I reach out to the business association and I said, hey, I will be interested in sitting down for an hour after my event and meet some of the local restaurateurs in the Oklahoma area mm-hmm. just to get inside of the market. I met a bunch of them. I liked a couple of them. We did very well. You know, we clicked. And I said, guys, if you're ever interested in opening a restaurant in Oklahoma under okay. my brand, 
you can operate it up to the know-how in it. So I love this. So this this is a strategy. Yeah. Um, is it specific to like uh, you know markets similar to like Oklahoma where you yeah. know? I done it to DC. I know nobody in DC. Right. Mike Isabella and Spike Mendelson dominated DC. Right. I went online and I searched restaurant group in DC. <laughs> there is literally it's like stupid simple. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know the kiss rule, right? Keep it stupid simple. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I, I made phone call. I literally pick up my phone and I say, hey, Fabio Viani, is there any chance for me to sit down with an hour for an hour with you guys? I want some insight of the restaurant scene in, 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 the, in DC. Right. And again, I'm Fabio Viviani. Yeah. They Google me. They know what I do. They know I'm not going to waste anybody's time because if I built what I've built today, somehow I got to be able to at least to hold my own and say, okay, this guy's not going to be a waste of time. It's not going to pitch you something crazy. And I went there literally and, and I met with three, four different groups and I throw the ball out there. I say, hey, I'm interested in doing a restaurant in DC, but I don't have food on the ground. Right. I don't have people here. I, my hospitality group is very strong in the West Coast and in the Midwest. Right. If you guys are interested, let's talk. Right. We got money, we got investor, we got anything you want to do. So, I mean, without getting too specific, because I know right. you can't get into everything, but then how, generally, how do those deals get structured? I'm just kind of curious. So, those about. deals get structured where, you know, uh, depend, depend also on the involvement, depend if you put money or not, but could range between it's a 50 50 split. And we both pitch in and we raise money in our own. You may bring investor or you might bring your own money, whatever. Right. And then the split is 50-50. Like if we were doing a restaurant tomorrow, 50-50 split, whatever, whatever right. it is. We Which, by the way, we're talking about, right? We're talking about. So full disclosure, everyone. Full disclosure. Uh, we've had this conversation on and off for a number of years. Yeah. And now, uh, but you've never been serious about it. I always you've never, been serious like, about I text you, you like, what's the next step? And you're like, the next step? The next step, I asked you what the next step was, and you didn't really say anything. No, then I answered. Do you want to see the message? Because I answered. <laughs> I said, the next step yeah. is you meet with my business partner and I in Chicago, and we discuss Right, and that's and why And you here. said, oh, I'm busy. I'm all there on the 17th. And I said, well, they're not here on the 17th. But so. you made it happen, though. You showed up, though. I always show up. Dude. All right, so that's a strategy. So, so is, that's going to just, as you travel, you're just going to keep doing and that. Some, yes, of course. Yeah. And sometime... Because I logistically, I am able to open three, four restaurants at least every year. So why wouldn't I? You know? And the reality is that sometimes you don't find partners. Sometimes you find management company. There is a lot of management company in the United States that they would be very interested in teaming up with a guy that has concept like this. When the average restaurant makes between 10 and 14 million and you have 20, 30% profit. Who wouldn't want to look at it? Right. And as long as you can show that you have a good game and you know what you're doing and you know your number and you and you print money with the establishment you have, it's not rocket science. So all, all of these deal, deals are partnerships or are some of them licensing Some deals of them are or? partnerships, yeah. some of them are licensing, some of them are management agreement. And depend, to me, depend on the market. Right. Depend on, for example, Oklahoma. It's a licensing agreement with a great operator over there. Because the comps in that area, they'll probably range between three and five million. So there is not enough monetary upside for me to spend three months out of a year in Oklahoma. So we structure a deal where they're really happy, I'm really happy. You know, my team is there, we train, we do the menu, I show up once a month, I do some things, in and out, quick, and we make the concept very easy to execute. That's how we do it. Now, was this did this happen? Uh, you do, do a ton of TV. You travel all over. You do a lot of like motivational sort of like business talks. I get hired. You know what? That's crazy. Actually, that's one thing that's fascinating. I get hired a lot to do business talk, completely unrelated to food. Like, how, Fabio? How did you build your business to from zero to X amount right. of gross yeah. sales in ten what's, years? What's fascinating about that? You just played it out. You're a hustler. Like. How to make deals. Yeah, but most like, people don't. You know how easy it is to work really hard? You just gotta do it. Most people don't. <laughs> most people just sit home wondering why shit is not happening to them. We, well, we Listen, we both uh, we follow your Instagram page. So we know that sort of your, your main mantra is just do it. Get off your ass and, and work hard, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've seen so many Instagram stories. Yeah. And I, get, I get really annoyed with people. You do. You get media. fired up lately. I get annoyed. So what is that? Where, did, where is like the dark side of Fabio's come through sometimes? The dark yeah. side of Fabio is that Fabio's tired of saying the same things over and over again. <laughs> no? I feel like most of your Instagram posts recently are like, it's four in the morning. I'm up going to work. You should be up going to work too. Or stop complaining. Yeah, don't give me any excuses. Or stop complaining. Right. You know, it's funny. Uh, I even said in one of the posts I did about two months ago, I got a kid... 
from you know kid from Chicago. He's working as a GM in a in a restaurant, and he had a really nice concept to open a very small shop. Like I'm not gonna say the concept, but it's a good idea. Right. And the guy said, "Any fifty thousand dollar? Would you?" Float me. Would you invest with me? I'll give you a piece of the business. I'm like, you don't need $5,000. He's like, well, I don't really have $5,000. I'm like, yes, you do. You drive a, a Porsche Cayenne. You <laughs> wear like a $1,000 pair of shoes. You right. got a Rolex. Sell your shit. Put forty grand in your banking account. Go out with a bicycle like I did until I was broke. Right. And you got forty grand. Stop asking for money just because, you know... It, that's it, but that's a mentality, right? So then you're not a big fan of. I think I saw you talking about too. Not a fan. Sort of, um, yeah. Where, when you when you go online and you just start a, a fund me, go fund me page, and uh, these there places is, where there is did, some there is some merits to it, right? Okay. But if you have a solid business plan and you're all in, you're gonna find somebody that believes in you, right? I pay my own restaurant. My very first restaurant. You think a, a kid from Italy come to United States with no English? Nobody, I don't know anybody, and they raise money to open a restaurant in Moore Park, California. If you spell Moore Park, California, Moore Park backwards is crap room. You ever do that? <laughs> no, I don't think. Why Moorpark. would anyone do that, by the way? But right? it's the truth. <laughs> Try it, spell it. So you moved to crap room, California. I moved to crap room, California. I put yeah. $100,000 on my own money, and I said, hey, I'm going to work 20 hours a day, and I got 100 grand in it. I need another 300 grand to open a restaurant. And some people said, "Let's do it." Now, before that, though, I, I I don't know if you want to talk about it, but you had a like you were a personal chef for a little while, which is one of the, my favorite parts of your <laughs> story. You know, everybody says a personal chef, but I never got paid for it. Oh, uh, I, I I just happened on my third day in the United States right. to hang out the whole day with William Shatner, and <laughs> right. I never I didn't even recognize him because it looks really different from T.J. Hooker and and, well, and Star Trek. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little right. older. It's like yeah. about thirty years older. Right. And he got you know got a few pound on it, and the hair is gray now, <laughs> and he wears a hat. So I'm like, it doesn't look like it. And and he said, you know, I said Dude, three days before Thanksgiving, and and you know we've been talking for a few weeks is eating at the restaurant where I'm doing some gigs yeah and he goes like what are you doing kid for Thanksgiving and I'm honestly I went out and I say what's Thanksgiving right I, like, I don't know what's that <laughs> it's like it's a holiday we celebrate we eat turkeys and fat food and things and you want to come to my house I'm like absolutely right I'm like what a nice gentleman I mean he's inviting me with his family and kids it right. doesn't look like okay it. so you're just coming to dinner or are you cooking so no no I, w- I said but I- I'll come and cook you know okay. so I go cook there so I, I help them, literally, it's their family and me. Right. <laughs> it's like the Shatner family and Fabio. Right. And then we cook Thanksgiving together. And he said, dude, you're really good at this. And, you know, we should do some stuff together. And that day, which was Thanksgiving 2005, two months after I was in the United States, for the seven, eight years after that, I was literally cooking for him once a week, drop food at his house, pick it up from the restaurant. I was already at my restaurant. So it wasn't really private chefing, right. but I was the guy feeding William Shatner three times a week. First of all, that's family. amazing. I'm yeah. also into this. I'm, I just um, downloaded all of the original Star Trek series. I'm in the middle of watching them right now. It's so a, like, Kirk is the man. Kirk is the man. You, you, you were cooking Thanksgiving dinner for James T. Kirk. And you know, the best part is that I didn't realize that him was, it, was actually him right. until I got to his house. And I'm like, and I see, I walk in this room and there's all these memorabilia of Star Trek. And I'm like, what's that? This guy's a really big Star Trek fan. Right. And then I start to look up, and then I start to look up picture on the wall. And I'm like, holy shit, it's Covenant Kirk. Is that right? Him? I'm like, what? I'm like, dude, I went to him and I'm like, honestly, dude. I didn't realize that you was actually you, right? meaning you. The, so wait, so, so you just thought this was like oh, a well-to-do dude who came into your restaurant? Yeah, I said, I'm not fr- <laughs> I don't have any friends in the United States. I'm by myself. I don't right. know anybody. I find a kind human being that actually likes my food and wants to make a conversation with me, although I don't speak English. We both have passion for horses. So, you know, he used to... The reason why he was coming at my restaurant every, literally every day, at the restaurant where I was working at, because my restaurant was next to the ranch where he dressed horses in right sure. western. Yeah. So he comes all, with, also, who knew you had passion for horses? I, I didn't know that. I, I ride western. I'm a very good... I'm, I, I ride... I wouldn't do a, you know, I wouldn't yeah. do a race, but I, I can ride horses. Scarlett's family, uh, they, they... What do they... They take care they of are, racehorses. Yeah, right? thoroughbred racehorse trainers. Racehorse trainers. They, they, after not even six months I was in the United States, I, I, I bought a warm blood. I, I broke through it down myself. It's an Italian style, a beautiful, beautiful horse. 
um, gorgeous. It's still alive, still in California. It's kicking a, you know, it's at a ranch now because I clearly, but Chicago, you can't have a horse. But right. But is is in California. When I go there, I don't miss the chance to have a nice horse ride. Unbelievable. So okay, uh, you they, even they, we, they show us do horse riding, back riding on the show that we did together, they, Life they, After Top Show. They did. I don't yeah. even. Like, I, that, I you remember because probably like me because probably like me you didn't even watch Here, the show. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's the so yeah, Life After Top Chef where you yeah. maybe can go back and Hulu it or something like that. I'm sure you yeah. can. My problem with that was one, it was a really great concept. Yeah, a really great that concept. Like they show my mom complaining, your wife complaining, and Jen complaining, and nobody was doing anything but complaining about a terrible show. Exactly. Right. So they didn't really cover like everything that we were doing because we, no. I remember during that, like I was at the White House, I was at yeah. the Super Bowl, and all it was was my wife and I sitting on the couch, complaining, and all of a sudden my wife's a villain, right? Yeah. And you're sitting. I remember that. I do remember actually one scene from Life After Top Chef, you sitting in your car. Eating an In-N-Out hamburger. No, I, I still do that. Like someone. <laughs> it's like, my Zen moment, man. Yeah. Doesn't matter now. I just have a driver when is, I go to California. <laughs> now is that just because like uh, you didn't grow up with fast food in Italy and like do you have a? No, I just I like In-N-Out burger. I think it's yeah, a, it's, a good, it's a good crappy burger. It's yeah. a, it's a chain. It's not that it's crappy. Not, yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. not that, that great yeah. either. But it's fine. You, it, you, it does the job. So is that your fast food of choice? Is that is the hamburger? If I'm in California, is my fast food fast food of choice? Yeah. Did you um, did you Make polenta for the Shatners on Thanksgiving. I actually did. Oh, see, I, I kind of polenta. I think yeah. that was gonna. I, I like also working polenta into the stuffing. It's always kind of a fun. But what little. I did, I like to do stuffing with bread and sausages. Right. And ground it's mortadella. Very, I, I feel like that's so Tuscan, but I don't ground know. Ground mortadella. There's right. no stuffing in Italy, but right. ground mortadella in the stuffing does miracles. Yeah. Well, we must keep it super, super moist. Super moist right? and it's juicy and it's great. So what we did, we did a with a classic polenta, and then we put like blue cheese on it. And then we, I did some uh, delicata squash, right? And then with brown butter sage, and they they laid all the squash on the polenta board on top of the. It was delicious. Yeah, we had a great. Yeah, and it was like, oh my god. Hey, so uh, this has been uh, Fabio Viviani. He's been pretty amazing. Right before the episode, we were driving around in his Mercedes Jeep, uh, which is kind of amazing. And uh, I'm not sure if he got his Jeep on TrueCar, but you could. There's something about TrueCar a lot of people don't know. Using TrueCar can help you buy a used car. In fact, there are over 700,000 pre-owned vehicles available from TrueCar certified dealers nationwide. Whether you're looking to buy new or used, you can get upfront pricing information that empowers. Uh, You can get discounts off of list prices for used cars and a better buying experience through our TrueCar certified dealer network. There are over 700,000 pre-owned vehicles, like I said. You'll see what other people paid for the car you want so you know what a fair price is and uh, you can feel confident like Mr. Fabio Viviani. With TrueCar, you can connect with a local certified dealer of your choosing uh, so you can enjoy a quick, easy buying experience. Using TrueCar can easily find, uh, you can easily find the new or used car that you want. Uh, listen, TrueCar shows their customers all of their available incentives before they arrive at the dealership. Over three million cars have been sold to TrueCar users by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network and there are over 13,000 TrueCar Certified Dealers nationwide. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some of these features might not be available in all states. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. That's right. The Lady Ang Podcast is turning 100. We have laughed, cried, giggled, unfiltered through 100 episodes, and we want you to join us for our 100th birthday extravaganza. We're looking back at all the best moments, the funniest moments, the best advice we got from our 100 guests, and we want you to join us. So come find us on Tuesday, and you can find us exclusively at podcastone.com or the new Podcast One app. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so we can feel famous. This is Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. A lot of people, I think, from Top Chef, from your runs on Top Chef, yeah. like you, you're a charismatic dude, good looking, funny, right? All these things. I'll just say how it is. I don't think you ever got enough credit for how talented of a cook you are. Because to be honest, that in my season, there were not only other very talented chefs. But I play very safe. I didn't go on TV. First of all, I didn't even understand half of the things you guys were saying. Right. So for me, I was just cooking something there. Right. Right. But I also, the food I do, it's very traditional. It's not, it's good food that brings people to the restaurant, prints money, and it's delicious, but it's basic stuff. I don't do the extra mile to impress with food. I want to make sure that my food please before impressed. 
did you did you ever feel like that was a pressure to like to do things that weren't your because no, I know there I, were times when you had to cook like Asian food and we were on the show or whatever. and I actually did very well with it that's right but, yeah. but I it's not my thing you know I went on the show literally because when I met the reason why it was a crazy story because the reason why I went on the show because I met one of the producer two years prior to that we kept in touch and he was kept asking me come on the show we have the show we have it and I just opened my restaurant in California in Moorpark and I was like dude I can't leave the restaurant I'm by myself here I'm doing the whole thing I'm a, I'm a traditional restaurateur where I'm in the restaurant from you know 6 a.m. to midnight every day and I can't come on a show and leave my restaurant for five six weeks and then two years after I was in the position to be able to do so. I understood a little bit more that America watches a lot of TV. I was hearing all this Top Chef story. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. Right, Whatever. but not with, with that. You didn't really know much about the show. No, nothing. I haven't right. even. When I first got to New York, three days before that, my wife said, dude, you're going to do a show. At least watch two, three episodes. Right, and, right. And we literally sat on the couch. And we, we got a bottle of wine and we went on a on a on a top chef bender right. and I watched like six episodes back to back and I was like, I got it. I, I understand. We gotta go there and cook something. I get right. it. That's <laughs> it. There's time I yeah, have to cook. I get it, whatever. It's easy. Nice. And so you get on it. so uh, you you get on the show and then you're like arguably the most like dynamic, popular personality that's ever been on the show. And that was just not trying. I and you and you're on Carla's season. I was on Carla's season. Uh, the, uh, probably the other most dynamic personality, yeah. right? Yeah, but she doesn't have an accent. Right, no, she doesn't have an accent, but she's got as big of a personality. Very. Right. And she and, did very and well. And then wh- that that your world just explodes at that point because you're then, one of the few people I feel like got out of like the, and did the atmosphere. Right. right. Like, did something with it. There's but, hundreds of kids now, Fabio. I, know, I don't know if you know this. There's over a hundred yeah, and fifty people who have been on Top Shot. Oh, probably more and there's dude. probably only two dozen that, you know, you could say have really sort of escaped. I think and there I'm, is I'm, two dozen that have done something with it. There is a dozen that did well and right. there is four or five that did incredibly well. Right. Oh, who they, are the four? Who are the four or five that you think? Definitely you. you well, me. You don't have to say that because I'm here, by the way. No, no, no. I right? wouldn't. Okay. I would say I think that's you, true. <laughs> yes, true. You would. I wouldn't. Right. I say I think you did phenomenally with it, especially on keeping the TV up. You've done an incredible amount of TV after. Right. Picture. I got to keep up with you. I'm chasing you in that fast Mercedes. You and those Yeezys. Carla <laughs> did very well. I think I did very well. I think Mike Isabella did fantastic. As and, you know, the Mike Isabellas, uh, even like the Spikes of the world, uh, Del Tales, like I mean, these the, yeah. these I kids. Think that, who I was up, like, about to say those kids. Multiple restaurants, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Stephanie here in Chicago. Stephanie, um, Stephanie just won Iron Chef. I mean, amazing. Like, I mean, how many restaurants does she have? She's got you know three, three. Yeah, exactly. Three here, yeah. Like all up and down the street. Yeah, they're all um, next, literally next door to me. And now it's hard I'm though, because that, like these this seven. younger crop of chefs, they have to sort of you know. They have to sort of tell you, you, man, it's going to be hard. Now, it's going to be hard because I'm not stopping. So by the time they catch up with what I got right now, I got 30 more. Right, exactly. They can't catch so, so do you, do you Trying think- to catch up with me, it's a bad idea because you'll never make you happy because it'll never happen. So they got to be there. You got to be, I always tell young kids when they want to open their own restaurant, I want to be you. No, you don't want to be me because you'll never be. You got to be you. You be the best version of yourself because if you try to beat me, you're going you're gonna to die trying. Right. There's no chance can't beat me now what would you so what would be your your advice now to someone who's like on top chef this season yeah and they have these dreams and aspirations that they're gonna you food know, doesn't matter up. make sure you really, really look good as a person right that sticks a lot longer <laughs> right than your food ever will right because if people like you they will give you opportunity right so I, just to be clear you just said food doesn't matter if I, I don't think that the food doesn't matter for the long term the food you see on top chef doesn't matter for the long term right there is very talented people that even want top chef they sure. do nothing with their culinary expertise. Right. Nothing. And so the food matters to the point where food's got to be good. But I'm assuming that if you even make it to the point where you are on Top Chef, somehow your food has got to be decent. Generally right. speaking, right? True, true. Yeah. Some outstanding talent like you, like the Michael Voltaggio, right. the Brian Voltaggio, people that have, in my mind, a higher understanding of culinary expertise. Right. That I, I'll never, I don't even get closer. I think you, you're probably going to forget in the next five years more things about food that I could ever learn because that's not my that's not my choice you know that's your expertise is way above my pay grade yeah. well this is part of your charm though because I don't but necessarily not, believe that I believe you're not giving it. yourself Look, enough credit I'm not saying I'm the not best capable meatball, best meatball I've ever had you made for me in Cast House 
But I'm and not saying like, I feel like it's forty percent ricotta <laughs> and like sixty percent meat. Yeah. By the way, I'm not saying I, I'm not capable of. I'm not interested in it. Makes sense. I'm capable of doing anything I want to do. So, I'm just not interested. So then, how when you say get you know prepare yourself as a person, like what? How would you do that? Like how would like someone get ready and say? So you're saying prepare themselves media wise. Me. Like how to how to talk in front of a camera and look. I never say no for the person in front of me. What I mean by that, right? If you're a young kid, why don't you pick up the phone until I tell you why they don't do it? But why don't you pick up the phone, call Richard Blaze, and say, hey, Richard, I respect your craft. I would love to learn from you. I'm offering six months of my complete, I'm gonna be slaving for you for six months in your kitchen. Would you give me that opportunity? I don't think he's gonna say no. Right. I wouldn't. Then you call Fabio and you say, hey, Fabio, how did you open 15? Re- would you, can I shadow you in your restaurant for six months? Right. Great. Then you go to Mario Batali and you tell him, hey, Mario, can I do something? Any So find your champion in whatever area you're lacking. Right. Learn how they do it and then go out there and build your own structure, build your own self. Right. That's what I did. You know, I didn't know nothing about money. I, I, I reach out to people that are very wealthy. They made a lot of money and they save a lot of money and they invest a lot of money. I say, look, I got nothing right now. But if I can learn something from you, I'm pretty sure when I get there, I'm going to be a lot smarter about it. Right. But no one's thinking like, so that makes, I, I agree with you. Because nobody's like, out But no one's thinking about the, like the, you're saying prepare for like the television part of it. Like, how do you prepare for that? But you can't really prepare. Did you right. prepare for the television part? No, I didn't. Well, I didn't, but I learned, but after the fact, you have to be able to do it, right? So I think we're a lot of, it's not even, you get on the show, that's one thing. I do have a lot of Top Chef people who call me afterwards and they're like, I want to do what you've been able to do. How do I do that now? And my answer is the same as you. Like, what? I answer the phone every day, I respond to the emails, and I jump on a plane, and I go do whatever I have to do yeah, and then you to get keep myself in front right. of a camera. Right. It's like French kissing. First kiss wasn't as good. You remember because it was terrible, <laughs> not because it was the first. I just want everyone to know that you're looking deep into my eyes when you I was actually that. looking at my fried chicken now. <laughs> you would kiss me a lot on Top Chef, by I the was way. kissing your head. You would kiss my, I mean, the cheek and the head cheek, and all cheek, that sort of stuff. No, I like it. Your head. It's, it, um, it makes people Amer- in America uncomfortable. Some people. Lots of people. I got used to it pretty quick, though. You got, because you do, because you have no would, choice. Though, still grab you. But you'll have, like, now with the beard, I couldn't do it. But when you, you had, like, a little stubble, that would... Uh, I had a five o'clock it would, shadow. It would, like, make me, I would make me, it would make me giggle when you kissed right me. Now, right now, I kind of a stronger, lost stronger beard game. Yeah, I got it. You're kind of looking like that forward now, like Toti. Right now. You're like a Toti almost now. I like, don't know about Toti, but... <laughs> I don't know what I mean, like, you know, like you're like a veteran. You're a savvy veteran with the beard. Yes. It makes now like, I'm like... You come off the bench season. In, the, in the 88th minute. Season. I'm like a hog splitter. You can't buy a new hog splitter. You gotta, you gotta buy the vintage one. Right. I'm a vintage yeah, so, hog splitter. Wait, are you saying hog splitter? Hog splitter. Yeah. yeah so like split a hog? Like, no. The, no. The, the, the actual tool. The yeah. actual knife. Right, you know? yeah, yeah. The best one are the old one, aged one, seasoned one. Yeah. A little bit up. I feel like I'm that. Yeah, you're the like vintage like hog splitter. I'm a that is not a term that I would usually. I would say that. Yeah, when I think of Fabio, I would say vintage hog splitter. I like Toti better, but you, I mean, he's respected. No? <laughs> because he's a good little Italian guy, and he's also like a legend. Like you're, 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 you're nearing legend status. Now. He's a legend in Rome. Let's not give him too much credit. Florence, everybody <laughs> hates him. Milan, everybody hates right. him. Right? Where's your uh, football allegiance? I forget. You're uh, uh, AC Fiorentina, which is actually pretty good today. Right. And, that, and that's just because you grew up. That's where you grew up, right? I grew up there, yeah. You don't in Italy, to... there is two things you never change in your life. In, in Italy, right? When you in Italy say, in Italy, people change their mind, change it. But two things will never change in the life of an Italian man. His mother will always be the same. Right. You know, you can change sex, you can change religion, you can change right. anything. Two things will never change. Your mother and your soccer team. Right. Nice. People That's get true. shot and stabbed in the neck when they go from one team to another. My wife always gets mad at me because she went to Florida, so she's a Florida Gator fan, and, and like Scarlett here is a Yankee fan. They would never turn their backs on their teams. I like wear a different hat every single day, so like I would have tough time. Tough on, te- on teams, I'm loyal. Yeah, except when it no, comes look, to I'm, football. I'm, I, I gotta, you know, go Cubs. Woo-hoo. Of course, go Blackhawks. Like wherever, right. you, wherever you're at, too. Right. How was the transition from LA to Chicago, by the way? Because it's, it seems like it would be a daunting challenge. So weather, from a weather standpoint, I actually enjoy it a little bit because I'm an Italian guy. I have seasons. I'm not used to 10 months of summer and then two months of fog. Right. You know, to me, I need season. I like season. Seasons is 
is good for me. I've, even from a culinary standpoint, it's a lot easier when you have seasons. That, that's you know, true. It's you gotta like come up with a winter ex- menu. It's 100 degrees outside. I'm right. Like, it's like, for example, I get, I love like braised meats and cabbage. Like when you're in Southern California, how do you do that? Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you're so, like, it's the perfect weekend, guys. This is it. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> it's cool. 67. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Right. So, but and from a people standpoint, actually, I never find nicer people than in the Midwest. That's true. Never. That we, we were just in Minneapolis yesterday. I think that's like a, a Midwest. Eastern, um, stereotype, but I feel like it's definitely true. It's a it's a big town with a small town mentality. It's a big city with a small town mentality. Were you worried that there like the competition was going to be? Fierce I was terrified. I was, the, the I was terrified. I was actually good because I opened with two very successful in their own uh, restaurants in Chicago. So my business partner they made their imprint in Chicago before I got with them. But. Chicago is not an easy city if you're not from Chicago. A lot of restaurant group come from New York. Oh, let us show you how we do it in New York. <clears throat> right. Let me show you how we do it in Beverly Hills. <clears throat> right. We do this in... <clears throat> right. Chicago is not very forgiving. Chicago like their own town boy. You know, they're, they're like their own homeboys. Right. So they, they, so they repel sort of like the celebrity they, chef or the big restaurant group that's coming in. Correct. So then how did you navigate that? Because that's what you did. I just I just literally, instead of going to everybody in Chicago, every single press, TV, or media outlet and say, oh, I'm going to bring my culinary stardom to the city of right. the, you know, I was like, well, guys, I'm humbled to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I hope you like my food as much as like you've been in your city. That's my same that's, strategy. That's, yeah. Because you know, it's like when people <clears> say, you've changed, you know, or in San Diego a lot, it's like, you changed everything. It's like, no, I no, I didn't. Like, we just are part of a conversation yeah. in one of a number of restaurants yeah. that do good work. Yeah. And I think that goes into the fact that, like, let yeah, the other one do the bragging rights. Yeah. Your name is implanted over everything, which sometimes you'll see that. I mean, one of my, uh, I have a problem with this. One of my pet peeves. I want to hear some things that irritate you too, because I know you have plenty of them. Mm-hmm. But when I go to a restaurant now and I look at a menu and it says, like, uh, you know, chef, blankety blank, chopped semi finalist. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I want to be like, <laughs> or was, was on Cutthroat Kitchen, you yeah. know, or uh, you know, a lot of people trying to use that uh, as a sort of platform, like they were on TV for yeah. a little bit. I try to avoid it, actually. It seems like you're going that way. I try to avoid it. What do you? Where Where are you right now with, with your sort of uh, television career? I'm doing. Uh, I like to put content out for my fan and follower. You do good. I have, I have, you know, about six hundred thousand combined on all the platform. Right. You know, three hundred on Twitter. 90,000 on Instagram and 120, whatever, right? Yeah. So I, I do my own show. I, I have my own very little small production company. We edit, shoot, and everything in the house. I do um, Fabio's Kitchen, which is weekly episode of me cooking something. That's a fa- a Facebook or all five? Where it's is it? Facebook and YouTube. Okay. But TV, literally, I only go on TV when I get invited as a guest or when I have something to promote, whatever, but... Honestly, guys, I'm too busy. I'm right. busy building restaurants, which is what pays the bill. Most people don't understand that. It's all good and dandy. Be famous and people like, oh, my God, Fabio. Oh, that's Fabio. That's great. But <laughs> if that's Fabio and I can't pay the bill, right. what, good, what does, doesn't do good to me? I'm not, my, my goal is not to be famous. My goal is to be free. And in order to be free, I have to be not very well known and I have to be in a financial situation where I can afford whatever the hell I want to afford without asking nobody for an extra endorsement or hopefully somebody's going to hire me for an extra gig. And I do that by opening 100 restaurants in the next 10 years, which I will. Right. 100 restaurants in the next 10 years. That's, have, is that a goal? No, like it's just for, me saying it like well, sure. I'm shooting a big are, are Do you do that? Are you the type? Like I'm a, li- I'm a big list person business-wise. Like I will sit down and say, hey, listen, I want the business to grow X3, you know, this year. And, uh, Check this out. You said you're a big list. And I'm, I'm fortunate this is radio. This is Evernote, right? Yeah. This is radio, so you can't see it. But So look at this. Uh, this is my personal nice three-month goal. It's good. Yeah. Okay, Hospitality yeah. expansion plan, open discussion, personal category of improvement, personal expansion plan, professional category of improvement, real estate expansion. Every single step in my life is not dictated by to-do list. Right. It's dictated by outcome. I start with an outcome. For example, I made a point where you know I struggled financially when I was a baby, when I was a kid, because my family had no money. I, I made a point with my wife that by my son, 18th birthday, I have to own 100 rental property. So 100 apartment units. Right. So 
I broke it down. That's the outcome. That's my mood. That's how I get up in the morning. I'm, I'm motivated like a, the third freaking monkey on the ramp to go to Nozark. Right? Right? Because the, the only, Never heard that? No, but I love it. Yeah. yeah. So if you're motivated like the third monkey on the Nozark ramp, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know that it. there's only right. rooms for two, That's so you're right. really yeah. Yeah. motivated, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, and so I broke it down. And in order to do that, every year, I have to buy at least six units. So... Two years ago that my son was born, I bought an apartment unit, six flat. Let's stop real quick though. Yeah. Okay, so this is something I didn't know that you have. So you have a, 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 a real estate interest. Like, I have so, a very good real estate So as a business interest. person, been, it's not just all food and no, beverage and hospitality. No. I own a tech business. I own a tech company that I own, but I don't operate because I know very little about tech. I just felt it was a good investment. Maybe the next podcast I'll tell you. I have, no, no, I have. I, listen, we, I was just uh, speaking to some kids yesterday in Minneapolis who know something about some tech project that you have brewing. Bro. Uh, anyway, so I know there's a lot of stuff happening. So, but so, the real estate, but, but 100 real estate, units, that's, that's like a business on its own. You, you don't even need the next, to be... In the next 18 years. So right. Not, not right now, I have 11. So. What is it about real estate that interests you? And, and never, never lose. You never lose. Right. And I mean, people say, oh, the market goes down, you lose half of it. No, only if you sell. Right. If you have the money to keep it dead and pay, you never lose money. Right. What about uh, you do you trade as well? Like you do. No. I mean, uh, the, the very small portion of my portfolio is in stock market. Right. Not much. Not much at all. So I. I I like stock market. Don't get me wrong. I just know nothing about it. Right. So is the real estate more just sort of? Is it like? A, I mean, I know it's serious. I can you drive money, to my building. A hobby? No, it's, it's every year I allocate X amount of money to buy X amount of property, and they're all income property, so they're all rent out. I make money off of them. Right. So every year I put the new equity and the new money I made in the next building, and the next building, and I, and pretty much I take no money. So it doesn't save me money. I reinvest the hundred percent of it, but I have a plan where in eighteen year. It will bring me a couple of million dollars. It will bring me a couple of million dollars just sitting there coming in for no reason. It's my retirement. Right. And on top of the rest, and on top of everything else, I'll, I'll just be very well. And if not me, my kid will. Right. What are some other uh, like uh, business interests that maybe the average person doesn't know that you're like... Like, I'm like very, tech. tech is something that tech, I'm fat, tech, like, obsessed with right now. I'm very obsessed with it. Like, and uh, That will be probably where my legacy moment comes from. Yeah. Is gonna and, be tech. And, uh, and I got something for you on that, by the way, but we'll talk about it another <laughs> time. But no, but I like tech. Um, I feel tech has a lot of opportunity in the next few years. Right. And, um, and that's it. You know, real estate, restaurant, tech... Um, that's that's kind of what I'm into it now. Real but, estate is a good investment. What about like what about? I, I, do you, so you don't have too much free time, but outside of like just I, being a good dad and a good husband, what I are you work. what are you into? I work, man. So you I, love it. It's I, not a I job. Have, I'm a shitty person when it comes down to hobbies. I right. don't have a lot of hobbies. Um, yeah, I mean you you like nice cars and nice sneakers. I, I have yeah. facial hair. These are hobbies. These but could no, be. it's not really a hobby growing your beard. It's not a hobby. Just, it could be. To some people, it is. Have you never been to Portland? Wait. Um, and uh, <laughs> I've been to Portland. A lot of beers there. You're right. Yeah. But they're all fishermen. Right. So, so the reality is that um, we have, you know, we we, we go out. I, I go out with my family. My hobby is my family. You know, I can't wait to go home and hang out with my wife and my kids. I just can't wait. It's amazing. I don't. I don't do sports. I mean, I work out a little bit, but I don't do really sports. I've also. I've seen you kick a uh, soccer ball around. I yeah, mean, but that's not a sport. I don't do that on a regular basis to either lose weight, or gain breath, or, or keep myself. Uh, I just don't do that. But the reality is that my family is my hobby. Now I go home and I just spend time with my kid. I spend time with my wife. I spend time with you know the people that I love, and and, and that's what I want to do. I just want to spend time with them. You're gonna you're gonna uh, ride or die in Chicago. You're gonna stay here for a really long time. For or now, I'm sure you got other places that you're. you're spending my wife, time with my well. wife likes my wife likes Chicago. So she, she's Midwestern, right? She's, she's Midwestern, and and so yeah, absolutely. For now, it's it's all all, all in Chicago. Yeah. What's next for you, dude? Next I mean, year, obviously we have tech, uh, obviously tech. something with tech that will we're, come we're out We're doing a restaurant. That's something we're doing that's going to happen at some point. It will happen. I think we should I'm, plan I'm it this year to... and execute it in 2019 open, like open. Yeah. Okay. Take this year to really plan it properly and then slaughter sure. the first quarter of 2019. See, like that's so slow for me. I agree with you. 
but, but I have I, I have six projects opening this year. I yeah, don't have. Well, physical. you're not going to have to do anything except just give me a chunk of money and we'll we'll make it. I gotta make me. Book. I gotta <laughs> do stuff, dude. I gotta do stuff. Nice. But um, that's it. So more restaurant tech. Are we gonna? Well, we're gonna see you back on uh, screen, though. We have to see you back on. We have to do. No, I do the same same channels all the time. I'll do some. I have something coming up with Food Network, like a mini, few appearances on a series. Right. I have a few other things, but nothing major, really. Right. Remember when you? Uh, remember when you beat me on uh, Cutthroat Kitchen? Well, I remember. That's the only time I beat somebody on ever on a cooking <laughs> series. And I was like, if I gotta beat someone once in my life, I want to be Richard Boy. You know what? I will say this too. I'm a horrible loser. If I had to lose to anyone, like you, you or, or Antonia, who I've also lost to, are the are perfect <laughs> people to uh, make that happen. Uh, do you get a chance to hang out with all of the uh, the Top Chef kids that we not hold sort of grew up with? No? Not hold all. Antonia, I hang out with her a lot because they hire always us together for events and stuff. We've heard this. So what is that? Just because you guys have good chemistry? I guess. So because we, we know the same people. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, but I always get hired with Antonia to do stuff. And um, and we, you know, Mike Isabella, I know it a lot. I, I see Mike a lot because he wants to he wants to open a restaurant in Chicago. I'm opening a restaurant in D.C. So we chat a lot. And... Um, Put some salt on your steak. Oh, I appreciate that. You're always, you, you always take care of me. Of course. Remember when we lived together? I know. There was Remember a, when I wanted to suicide with ice cream sandwich? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you ate five ice cream sandwiches. Back to back. Back to back to back to back to back. Yeah. And said, you want to commit suicide by ice cream sandwich. Yep. I'm going to suicide myself with ice cream sandwich. Yes. Which is one of the classic lines that you, you're one of the, the best things you've ever said. You know, people still today, like... Almost ten years after this first show was gone, right? They always call me and goes like, "Dude, best line ever on Top Chef. This is Top Chef. It's not Top Scallops." Yes, that they was always, you. They always say, "See, that. like I know the saying, but I didn't even know that was you." That was me. Yeah, because that was the season where uh, Jamie. Jamie, you cook nothing but scallops. Right. And Jamie now is producing all these shows. She's like a producer on top. Like she's always behind the scenes now. On Top she's, Chef. Yeah, she's done a couple. Like <clears throat> I uh, think Top Chef's car her for life. I think so. She had like a terrible. <laughs> Jamie has a te- had a terrible run after Top Chef as a chef. She bounced around a bunch of restaurants. Right. And then she was like, "Screw it, I'm gonna go back on TV." And I guess she went. Right. Back scene. Well, now she's back. Now she's running things though. She's doing really good. Um, listen, uh, near the end of the podcast, Fabio, we play a couple of games. Um, and since you've done plenty of TV, Let's do it. and since you watch zero TV, pretty much, Let's do it. right? Yeah. Pretty uh, much. We're going to play this game called Real or Not. You ready to Real play? or Not. Yeah. yeah, Real or Not. I'm going to name uh, a television show, and you're going to tell me if it's a real food television show yep. or not. Yep. You, you good? I got it. By the way, before we get going here, this is this dry-aged steak? That you're showing, so this is, is this? the only steakhouse in the Midwest that right. we do 40-day dry-aged, 100% organic grass-fed beef. Oh, wow. And this is, uh, what, Kansas City? This is Kansas Strip. Yeah, yeah. It's a Kansas bone in, Strip. Bone, bone in, in New York, pretty much. Bone in New York. Uh, it smells delicious. Uh, we're going to get through this game. What's over here, by the way? That's, That's a sweet potato with cajita butter. That's Ooh. goat butter, cinnamon, brown sugar, and maple syrup and, all together. And you took the skin off of it? So do you, so like it my... It pisses me off. The skin pisses me why off. Is it, why does it, it bother you? bitter. Okay. I don't want it in my plate. Uh, my wife grew up thinking that the skin was poison. Her mom from Honduras. <clears throat> so, like, when I gave her skin once, she was like, oh, "We're all gonna die." It's potato, it's sweet potato skin. I don't think it's uh, poisonous, but you're right; it is bitter. Okay, here we go. Fabio Viviani uh, at one of at Prime Prime Provisions. Prime Provisions. Prime Provisions in Chicago. Real or not, uh, the name of the show is Sweet Genius. It's a real show. I actually watched a few episodes. Nice. You're good, yeah. <laughs> You're good at this. It's the bald guy. It looks yes. like a lamp, the genie in the lamp. The, exactly. The yeah. uh, Ron Ben Israel, uh, cake decorator, pastry chef extraordinaire. Yeah. <clears throat> it was on for about three seasons. It was an awesome show yeah. because he was like, who wants to be the sweet genius? Yeah. And he looked like Dr. Oh, Evil a little bit. guy, though. Super, yeah. Super, super, super creepy. creepy looking. Uh, but the I'm show sure was a great, nice guy. But um, Okay, here's another one. This show's called Snack Off. Snack off. Mm, I don't know. I think it's. I think it's bullshit. I don't like it. Yeah, you don't. No. You don't like it, or you, you, I don't think it's a real show. Fabio, it is a real show. Really? Yes. It was on MTV. Eddie Wang and uh, Chrissy Teigen actually hosted the show. That's why I didn't watch it because I don't do cocaine, so I don't really watch MTV <laughs> <laughs> and VH1. I just don't do that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard anyone describe the main uh, viewership of MTV or VH1 as cokeheads, uh, but I like it. Uh, 
Uh, snack off was a show. Okay, you're one for one. You're doing pretty good. Uh, okay, here's one. This show is called Cook Your Ass Off. Cook Your Ass Off. You were on it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you were on yeah. it. You were on it, man. Yeah. You were on it. Uh, yes, I remember I, that. This was, this was a show where people would compete um, to uh, basically sort of help out their diets. Yeah. It didn't do very well. Uh, but you remember that I, I liked did. the show yeah, It was fun It was, it was fun. All right. It was on a news network At like 4pm yeah. It was not a really great slot It was not a great yeah. slot yeah. I'm glad that actually Somebody watched it It was actually <laughs> yeah, already You good. and me And I, my family and that Like was 17 it. people strong I, Exactly Alright here's one Clash of the Grandmas Clash of the Grandmas That sounds <laughs> Terrible idea <laughs> That's a terrible idea I don't think it existed It's a show <laughs> Come on man Seriously It's, it's a, a terrible show. name Um by the way, I, this has to have a sidebar. It's, uh, I think it was a Food Network show. Um, but one of my favorite Top Chef stories ever was you and I are up there on the chopping block. And it, we, I think it was the episode where we cooked at Reyes. And so we had to cook Italian food and you helped me through what I had to do. And you made some polenta. And they said it was un- under seasoned. And you come out there and you're like, my grandma, she could not have reached the top shelf. She's in a wheelchair and everybody's <laughs> laughing. And I'm like, and I didn't understand why everybody's laughing. And, and, and truly, to, till still today, if you go in Italy, in my family, my food, I like extremely seasonal now. Yeah. But my food, it's, it's almost... Yeah, I need a little bit more. It's more under, so on the under season side. And the reason being, my grandma, I grew up, my, my grandmother was the only one cooking in the house. She's on a wheelchair and she never get to get to the spice rack above the stove because she can't get up. She's on a wheelchair. Okay. <laughs> so my, it's amazing. And, and everybody's laughing and I'm like, would you? Well, well because we all thought you were full of shit. That's no, why. But, but it's now now I believe that it's a true story because you basically just said the same exact story that you said ten years ago. Yeah, uh, it's true stories. Uh, you know. All right, here we go. This one, this show is called Ramen Race, Fabio. While you finish chewing your dry aged Kansas City Ramen Race, okay, Ramen Race uh, contestants run around basically a amazing race style, but they have to go to different ramen restaurants. I don't think it's real. It's a real show, Fabio. Dude, everyone is a real show. So what's well, the point of the game? Well, you gotta give a little mix. Right. You gotta. You, well, no, there's one that wasn't a game so far. Oh no, you're right. They've all been real so far. Um, so this is a Japanese show. Obviously, right. they, they run around. No, clearly. Okay, here's one. Um, this one is called the Summer Solstice Baking Challenge. Summer Solstice Baking Challenge. There's that's tons not, of baking challenges, that's Fabio. Not, but that's not real. It's That's, not real, Fabio. Thank it's God. It's not real. You're back on the board. Um, <laughs> but it could sense. happen. There's like a spring baking competition. There's you know Damiano, Damiano Carrara, the Italian guy? Yeah. I'm serving you. You're serving me. Damiano Carrara, the Italian guy that now is doing the Food Network baking competition. He's mm-hmm. a really nice, good-looking guy. used to be my bartender in Cafe Firenze. Okay. And his brother is a very famous pastry chef and now he's doing this... Uh, all these Food Network shows as the Italian guy with an accent. Right. Everybody loves it. I'm like so happy for him. It's good. And then that was one of your guys. It's one of my guys. Okay. Uh, next show. This one is called uh, the 100 Mile Challenge. Families had to, for uh, a number of months, only eat food that was grown 100 miles from their house. 100 I mile challenge. I do believe that that's possible, but I don't think it's a show. It is a show, Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is good. You worked so good, hard. Because I worked so hard, I don't watch TV. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was Food Network Canada, so it makes sense. Okay, That's well, a little bit more. Good. Thanks, Richard. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I'm going to give you a bunch of Italian names for a show now that only happened in Italy, and I'm going to be like, did you watch that? Listen, okay, here's one. Uh, win some, lose some. Sommeliers compete to see who's the best sommelier. Win That's some, actually... Lose some. That's actually a very good title. I mean, that's an amazing title, and I hope that the show is real because the title is like, right. the title is like money. Yes. And I hope it's real. Uh, the show's not real, but it's my idea. Like, we got to go pitch this. This is something that needs to be in the world. Win some, lose yeah. some. Win, some. win some, lose some. I will put so my I have, name. I have some interest in this because what would be better than watching a bunch of drunk people uh, be really pretentious about wine, right? <laughs> I, mean, I got a couple of those. Okay, so we so I can tell that you love that idea so much. You got real serious. You're like, I, I love you it. You shouldn't have said that out loud because you're yeah. so business savvy. Okay, here we go. This one's called American Kitchen Warriors. American Kitchen Warriors. It's like um, like sort of um, what's the one? American Ninja Warriors. <clears throat> but it's cooks running around. They do different prep jobs. So they got to break down a chicken. They got to shuck oysters. 
uh, American I don't, Kitchen Warriors. I don't think it exists. Sounds like I don't. I wouldn't watch the show. You're right. It doesn't exist. Yeah. It's another one of my ideas, though. Sorry. <laughs> so, no, I don't like this. Yeah. Okay. So we'll go with win some, lose some. That's the one we'll take to uh, to market. Um, okay. Here's one. Last one, Fabio. You've done really good. Last one of the day. This show's called Proof. Proof. It's a baking competition with bread bakers. Bread bakers compete. I don't think it's real. I think you got my poker face now. It's not real. But <laughs> it's not um, real. Not real. Uh, you crushed it, though. I think you did like 70%. What do you think, Scarlett? I think he... I think you crushed it. I think he's very skeptical of these He's of skeptical these games. at the end. Uh, you win, Fabio, a picture of Richard Blake. <laughs> I just did. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> you put that in the Mercedes on the, uh, on the yes. dashboard. That would be really, really great. We're going to go do that event next year. Uh, Fabio Viviani, uh, I want to eat this food. At the end of the podcast, we usually ask our guest to 86 something. It's 86. So something that you want 86 in the world. Yeah. Could be whatever you want to get rid of. It could be food related, not anything. What are you just over? You just can I pick a, a food one and a no? Yeah, food you, one? you know what? This can be a special Fabio like yeah. long play. 86. Food, food one. I would love to. I would love to eighty six foam. Please stop putting foam shit. Are people anywhere. still doing that? Is more, is, who's still putting foam? Some restaurant in Chicago. Do we do that? Now yeah, they get foams on drinks. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so foam eighty six foam. That's it. That's pretty good call. 80, I agree. Eighty six foam. Yeah. And from a non culinary, I would like to eighty six stupid people. Yes. I can do that. Yes. Because okay. life is hard enough. If you're stupid, it's even harder. Right. And, you know, let me give you a very a very intelligent comparison. Right? Yes, please. When you die, when somebody dies, you lose a family member, a loved one, they're dead. They're, there's nothing you can do about it. They, It's not their problem anymore. They're dead. They're no longer with us. It's only very hard to the one that left behind. True, true. When you're stupid, it's the same things. When you're stupid, you don't know that you're stupid because you're stupid. It's only really very hard to the one around you because you're stupid. So when you're stupid, it's like when you die. But the only difference, nobody's going to miss you and you're useless. So just stop being stupid. Move on. 86 stupid nice. from now on. I think we need that one's you need to throw up on the Instagram. So that yeah. You probably have it. I did. Haven't you? Maybe last year. You got any more? I feel like you're a man who, who, who has plenty of things to 86. <laughs> I, all of it, but I feel like you could right. go into politics and business and... But people who don't work hard enough and people who are stupid too, I probably yeah. I would, would say are, are, are eighty six. I, I would eighty six a lot of things, but foam and stupid people is probably the main two peak. If I have a bucket of few eighty six to share, I think that's a hashtag. Hey everyone, this was uh, an episode with Fabio Viviani. Uh, this is starving for attention. I'm Richard Blaze. Uh, Scarlett Jones was here, of course. Fabio's here. Do me a favor. Uh, go over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast. It's free. Uh, it only takes like uh, uh, 30 seconds to do. And maybe write a review about this episode with Fabio Viviani because he's amazing. Uh, we would love to see your review. Um, again, join up on Apple Podcasts or over at the Podcast One app. Uh, until the next episode, stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. The Serial Killer Podcast, hosted by me, Thomas Vyborg Thune, is the podcast dedicated to serial killers, who they were, what they did, and how. Join me as I sit down bi-weekly to bring you, dear listener, into the dark land of serial murder and psychopathy. The show goes into graphic detail on the most infamous and lesser-known serial killers from around the world, with each episode covering one unique serial killer. So far, the show has covered serial killer superstars, such as BTK, Jeffrey Dahmer, and the Yorkshire Ripper, and lesser-known killers, such as Elias Abuelazan and Anatoly Onoprienko. Be advised, this show is not for children, as it takes you deep into the twisted world of ultimate evil. You can find me exclusively at podcastone.com or on the new Podcast One app. Also, don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts.